Hi, I'm Claire Hooper, and I've just yelled at my five and seven-year-old to please be quiet while I record this message. This episode of Good Sheilas is brought to you by my new children's book, Princess Benjamina Has a Very Cheeky Bum, perfect for children the ages that I just yelled at to please be quiet. Actually, coincidentally, the book's a lot about that. When you're yelling antisocial things, maybe you just need to catch up with a friend. That's the core message. Really, it's just an excuse to make lots of bum jokes. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Fun fact about Bronn. When Bronn was in her sixth hour of labour, her partner Lucas was half asleep and obviously running really low on inspirational cliches because he called out, no pain, no gain. (laughs) And Bronn was so angry that she closed her eyes and hissed, fuck you, only to open her eyes to see the midwife standing in front of her looking really hurt. (laughs) so sorry. It was meant for the idiot. It was meant for the idiot. Oh, God. Oh, that poor midwife. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you, Lucas, and that lady. Fuck everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes us all tick. I'm Bron, a comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're long-time friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the gut. Ooh, so strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for Good Sheilas. Hello, mate. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good. What are we talking about this week? Oh, heaps of things. Uh, I'd like to start by saying, sorry, this has taken so long to come out. We just could not find a time to record. We could not. It's mostly and probably because you have a newborn. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'm, excusable. Yeah. It is, yeah, I'm very sorry about him, but it, but we we left the last episode on a cliffhanger we because we talked about my pregnancy and we talked about how all the, like the tricky things in that, and um, we said, "No, this is a cliffhanger, you guys." The next episode's going to be why the first bit of Bronze Baby's life was so hard, and um, then we didn't record for. 200 years exactly so this is just the journey this is the journey that we're on but now we're on the journey and you will hear what happened on the other side so we are going to tell the second half of that story which is a huge and difficult one and yeah and we're also talking about social media and babies and feeling really really fragile Mm. yeah and we're also going to talk about your best friend Andrew Lamy. I love him and so much. He, oh, my God. He's a great guy. Yeah, you add how he has blamed all of his um, horrific behaviour on his disability, which is... ADHD. ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> a guy. So cute. So cute. Mm. So and how... then we're going to finish it off by just talking about um, my third baby, yeah. which uh, everyone is just going to be sitting on the edge of their seat. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. Everyone in so the world. <laughs> It's quite a fruit salad today. Quite a fruit salad. Delicious one. So, mate, we we had a really interesting chat yesterday um, about uh, your reaction to a video on um, Instagram. And I'll I'll let you tell your own story. I'm not going to paraphrase your story. 
Would that be what you're throwing I'd be like, I can't remember how to speak, Claire. Please do it for me. I'm going to be a I terrible co-host today. <laughs> <laughs> what Bron's trying to say is she's underpaid and overworked. No, they, okay, so I was on social media because I'm on it heaps, heaps, heaps at the moment during all hours of the night, weird times, because uh, it's mindless and I'm so tired and a lot of uh, new parents... Um, find themselves just falling into like a deep social media doom scrolling so much doom scrolling it's because he just it just takes up the time and Mm. there's a lot of silence having a newborn there's a lot of not silence but there's a lot of time (laughs) like when the days used to be say 14 hours long or something like that they're now 2,000 hours long so you have a lot of time to do things like fall into social media holes and the problem that I'm having at the moment is um, uh, I made a post on my own personal page I posted on Good Sheila's as well about how uh, with my first two babies I had uh, postnatal anxiety um, where I really struggled with kind of one just one leaving the house for um, some of it uh, and the other was staying home. There was another one that was with Olive, which was, you know, quite a mixture. Uh, and another is like just sitting still in my own kind of skin and space. Mm. It was really full on. It was really exhausting. And I was, it was actually quite scary. So um, this time I was like, I remember saying to you at the end of last year, at the beginning of this year, one of my goals this year was to just not go mad. Yeah. Um, it's a good goal. <laughs> it is a great goal. For some people, they're like, Very that's hard easy. One. <laughs> for me, I was like, it's less hard. I mean, it's less easy because the babies make me mad. And mm. so I was ready. I was ready to get mad, but I was also scared of this. Mm. And so as I felt like this anxiety was creeping on, I made a post that was like, hey, everyone, I um, am not going to have anxiety this time. I've promised myself I'm not going to have it. I will try really hard not to, um, but I, I'm doing something different this time, which is actually saying I've... I suffer from it after having a baby, mm. um, which is not something I did after Olive or Edie because really I didn't understand what it was. It wasn't like I was hiding it, uh, but I didn't understand what was you happening. You didn't have the language to articulate it. Yeah, and I think the other thing that right. happened, and something we talked about a lot, is that you just didn't have that kind of frame to validate yourself or to say what I'm doing is important or what I'm feeling is important because it was so... Yeah. You know, a kind of narrative. Yeah, it's about the baby, and like, oh, this is a blessing. You should be feel so privileged and so kind of um, blessed that you're here. And now it's like, hold on, I actually get to frame my own life, and some of this is really bloody hard. So it doesn't mean that I don't want him here. It doesn't mean I don't want them there. It doesn't mean I regret anything. It just means that oh my god, this is really hard. And no day should have two thousand hours. Okay, no day. No day. This should not. No day. Einstein would have many things to say about that. He would, and you'd probably say them for him because you're a fucking bossy bitch. He would. Einstein does have views. I'll let you know later what he thinks about your days and their length. I'll take it from here, Einstein. Uh, so we, uh, so I was on social media and considering all of these things. Oh yeah. So when I made this post, that's what I was trying to say. You can probably hear Ari crying now, right now. It's so delightful. It's so soothing. Um, so relaxing, babe. <laughs> I made this post and I was like, okay, great. And I wasn't. I didn't make me feel vulnerable. It actually made me feel quite powerful because I was mm. like, this is. I'm taking control of this. Deal with it. We'll see this mm. later. But mm. I had heaps of people reach out to me and. Um, in, in a very, all very well meaning, like, wow, Bron, you know, that was, I've always felt, I 
like that was really similar to the way that I felt during my um, pregnancy or you know or when I had a newborn and like thanks for saying that and da, 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 mm. I, keep, I was amazed at how many people reached out but mm. then I had other people which I liked less so saying like um, I'm thinking of you like I've I feel sorry for you. Mm. I'm so sorry and you you're hate suffering. Pushy. It is your absolute it. Like, least favorite feeling. Yeah. I was like, don't feel sorry for me. Like, God's sake. I, that, I'm just saying, like, look how good this is. I'm not hiding under a rock. Yeah. Or sprinting down Ligon Street. Like, I am, I'm okay, mm. you guys. And they're like, oh my God. You know, so the, some people who reached out with pity made me feel a bit cranky. And I had moments where I was like, oh God, is, I do, was this the not the right thing to do? But that was um, kind of, uh, it was outweighed by the amount of people who were like, that. Actually, I felt like that as well mm. and I really hated having a newborn and thanks. And people who were like in their 60s saying, that's how I felt yeah. and I'll never forget how I felt back then. So considering all of that, um, I was like, this is really interesting, um, uh, the response I've had from this. And then um, I was on social media and I noticed someone had posted... A picture of their three-week-old baby and she had written underneath it oh my god this is going too fast stop growing baby and I wrote to her and I was like wow I feel the exact opposite isn't that interesting I feel like Ari has been four weeks old for six months now um, I don't understand why it goes so slowly I really I really really don't love this newborn stage like I'm not mm. struggling but I just don't like it like it's so there's so many better stages along the way like the smiling stage or like the crawling or the giggling mm. or the feeding or the, you know, but all the sleeping, you know, that's also <laughs> anything. But I, yeah, just like just anything apart from this blob that either sleeps or cries or sleeps or cries. It's very cute, but also do something else. Come on, build your skill set. And so I... <laughs> You're one trick pony, babe. <laughs> yeah, if I can... You never make it an entertainment at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> you are bumming so bad. Yeah, so I, um, so I, when I reached out to her, and again, I've got no filter at, um, a lot of the time, but when I'm tired, there's zero. So I was like, that's weird. I really struggle with this, and it's interesting that you want it to go for longer mm. um, and that you love it. And then she wrote back saying, oh, no, 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 no. I do not love this at all. I can't wait for her to get a bit bigger. I don't, um, I'm just really, really, really trying to not hate this stage because mm. it wasn't her first baby. And I was like, well, why would you write that? Because that makes us all feel like all of us who are feeling a bit like, uh, I guess like, I don't know, like underwhelmed and overwhelmed yeah. by this stage. Yeah, like bored it is, and I'm exhausted and I'm also anxious yeah. and I'm scared. What, yeah, exactly. And you, and also like you are, nev- you never look nice, you never feel like energized mm. and you just he's like, like well, even glances in the mirror make you go oh god that is things are going wrong and then um and then yeah the nights are long and the days are particularly boring and then you read something like that and you're like why can't i like it why do i why do i not yeah, want to what's understand wrong with still? me like why why am i not having that yeah. same experience well and what we reflected on was that so the first thing i said to you was like you know i think you know, it's very, very easy when you're feeling really, really vulnerable and exhausted to make what other people are experiencing very personal. And it's really hard to kind of step back and say, okay, well, this is this is not a comment on me because everything feels like a comment on you, right? Everything but it is you're a doing comment on me, okay. Claire. It is about you. You're absolutely right. <laughs> me, me, me. I've got ADHD. My name's Andrew Lanning. Continue. <laughs> 
But um, but when you're, you know, that first year, particularly of your baby's life, everything feels so personal and so sensitive, and your ability to kind of skate things and to accept that people have different approaches and different pathways to you is really, really limited. And so, mm-hmm. like, and I guess I asked you when you put up that post, which I thought was really wonderful, where you acknowledged your own anxiety, like, do you feel like, do you feel like it was an honest reflection of, like, how, or, or like, a totally kind of transparent reflection of how you felt that day and, like, whether, like, it was, you know... What, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, and that's, yeah, because I was, like, I did struggle to get out of the house then. So, get, for those who haven't seen it, it was a post of me walking my baby. It was really groundbreaking stuff. But I was outside and I was like, wow, I was scared to leave the house because I didn't know whether he would scream in the pram and I can't stand when my babies scream. I'm just really, really, really bad at it. It feels like someone is peeling off my skin. And so I was like, oh, look, he didn't cry and now I feel better because I'm outside and now I realise that I don't have to sit inside and feel anxious all day or whatever. And I did feel really honest and it did feel quite victorious as well. Like I was like, look, I did it. I know this looks like a time yeah, like nothing. But it was I know a this big like fucking nothing. deal for you to yeah. get out of the house. It's a big deal. Yeah. And I wasn't and also I wasn't doing it to be like, I need to raise awareness. Like there was absolutely nothing about it that was like, from martyrdom or anything. And like it would have been fine if like, you were because it's a really brave thing to do be vulnerable that way. Yeah. But it was but not what you were trying to do. No. I was like, look how good this is. Like, la la, look at me go. Show me to you, show me your likes. And I, uh, and I was, and then people were like, we're mad for it. But, and they, yeah, like, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. I was like, what? That's all right. No worries. I didn't mean it for you. I meant it entirely for me. But it was super interesting that that, that kind of honesty even though for me it wasn't vulnerable honesty, mm. how people were really taken by that. They were like, yeah. wow, thanks, Bron. I was like, that's fine. Like, I don't know why anyone has to say this bit is magic. Actually, I do know. Because you need, to, you need people... to feel better. Like, this is the thing that yeah. everybody who posts, this is like social media operates as a way for us to validate ourselves and to seek that. And seeking that validation is what everyone's doing, right? When you put up a post of, you know, yourself with your children or something where you keep looking cute or like a degree of it is always about validation and about somebody saying I see you I hear you you exist and you're important like and 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 we use it in that way you know with that lens to get that validation and it's I think I don't think there's any shame in that there's nothing wrong with that it's just you know we have a really different kind of way of living maybe than we did before and so you don't have that community interaction and way of people being like hey you're doing okay so it's it's really it's 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 valuable and deeply vulnerable for that reason because if you don't get it it's really bloody harmful or if you you see that you're getting less than somebody else who's like oh what's wrong with mine but Mm. i i think i think i've got a bit of a like we it's one of these these things where we have a slightly different take on it like i i remember particularly with frida because she was a really hard baby seeing posts on the internet and like you're like why can't i do this as well and as kind of graciously and as beautifully as everybody else and at the same time I put up my own post where I was like just trying to cling on to what was lovely about it trying to be like okay well I want to I want to remember and capture this bit I don't want to look back and just remember how depressed I felt or how this was the beginning of the end for my marriage or how you know like how I was waking up every 40 minutes for a year I want to remember that she looked really cute or that you know that breastfeeding got once. really good. Yeah. Or like, it's mm. just like you're controlling or you're, you're creating a, 
yeah, that, that you you want to retain. And so, like, I kind of, I get I get both sides, I suppose. But, like, it's a, like the vulnerability that we feel when we're, when we're presented with other people's experiences when they're the same as our own. It's, it's like, it's, it's second to none. Like, you never feel so raw as when you feel like you're being compared to something or you're comparing yourself with something. Especially when you're tired and the thing that you're being compared to is like your the most important role you've got happening, which yeah. is motherhood. So you're like, oh my god, you don't. But I think what I struggle with is um, like what a couple, a few things. Um, one of them is I don't um, I don't know why people are so nervous to say, hey, this is a bit hard. Like I'm not. You don't have to call the cat team for fuck's sake, but I don't love waking up seven times a night no. um i love my baby but this is a bit hard hey yeah and then sucks. then it, uh, yeah not every bit and bit of this is the best just laying it out there have a good one and then uh, and then it would that the kind of narrative would happen uh, would just be like yeah it is a bit tricky yeah um and you wouldn't have to be like oh I, I you know i'm just posting cute photos of me and my kid and the other thing i don't like is when i when someone says hey this is a bit hard personally i don't like when people are like um oh my god you poor thing it sounds yeah. so hard you are you're strong you're worried and i like again none of it comes from a bad place but personally i'm like oh no 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 i'm not doing that for that so what okay. do you want people to say to you if it's, if it's i want people to send me money claire <laughs> I don't know how hard it is for people to understand. <laughs> I, just want, I just want that to be normal and people to be like, just yeah, it is a bit. checks and golden watches. All I want is I abundantly clear. God's sake, from my one post about me walking my baby, there's a GoFundMe page link attached to it. No, no, no. It's, I, just want, I just want that to be normal for people to be yeah. like, this is a bit shit. And then for everyone to go, it is a bit shit. Cool. Hashtag warrior, hashtag warrior yeah. queen, oh. hashtag you're amazing. Hey, I think that's, I don't know, I think it's nice if people are reaching out to you and being like, hey mate, like, this is hard, I'm here, you want to see you, and I think you're really strong and remarkable. It's a, it's a lovely support and show. That is very different. That is, yeah, it, that's great, and that is a fine one, but it, I don't want people, I didn't like where people like, I, like, I genuinely feel sorry for you. Okay. And, that's I hate that. You know that I hate I that. I know. And I'm you like, hate okay, it. but I, I don't know. know. I just I don't know many people who would like that. So instead of being like, oh, I feel sorry for you that you find this hard. It's everyone finds it hard. It's a bit shit. It's Have a, a good bit one. Shit. Like that's great. Have a good one. Like, Bye. Yeah. The check is good in one. the mail. Twenty dollars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, so everyone, so that, just every time Bron posts anything about vulnerability, it is just. A cry for money, okay? She so needs the cash to feed dollars. her man McDonald's habit. Mm, well, I just, where do, you, where do you think I'm walking? Exactly. I was just jogging. Walking to the back. To the quarter pounder <laughs> machine. <laughs> yeah, so oh, that's what man. I find. But, so that's the thing that I, in my world, is had, had kind of like t- tapped at it a bit. Yeah. But you, on Claire's level, you had a, a politician have heaps in common. <laughs> heaps. We've mostly exactly the same as my new BFF. <laughs> so Andrew Laving, we talked about him before. He's a bit of a dickwad, mate. He's a bit of a yeah. turd. And um, he is a Liberal Party member, which is so weird. What? Right? I that know. Weird. I know, right? It almost feels like we have an agenda, which makes <laughs> no sense. We, we have an agenda? Is it a gender <laughs> agenda? I didn't even it's know. 
It's an agenda. <laughs> it's an agenda party. So he's the federal member for Bowman, which um, he's he's been in the media a hell of a lot in the last year. Some of the key things that he's done: photographing a young woman bending over at work, so an upskirt yeah. photo without a woman's consent, which he said was the purpose of the photo was to show a challenging work situation, which yeah. lol well. He bullies female constituents online, so he jumps online and like sends abusive texts and posts to people who he's supposed to represent. And he's just a, like he, he's 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 really really inappropriate, and he's he's a bit of a wanker. Okay. Yeah. Let's, he's so, like a less revolting to look at Peter Dutton. Yeah, exactly. But he's just as just gross. as he's yeah. just a very very bad person. He's also a doctor, yeah. which is. So cute, oh, you know. Yucky. It's fine. He could do anything because he's a doctor. He, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's fine. Well, he he was knows. Probably, he does. He gets it, right? Yeah. It's, and what he fun. mostly understands is the like, I guess, like the symptoms or the conditions or like the repercussions of having ADHD, right? <laughs> clearly, he's clearly a very good doctor. So this gets better after these um, some of his constituents complained. Scomo was like, mate, you need to go and take some leave and figure out why you're so cooked and also get some, like, get, just look at yourself, get some empathy training. We won't comment on, um, the co- on the coalition's approach to empathy because that is a whole other episode and empathy training, you can't learn empathy of 45 minutes of a bloody Zoom conference call. But that aside, he reckons that he, he took empathy training and he realised that he feels too much. He feels too many things. Hi guys, we've been joined by Frida and she's going to talk to us about ADHD because she's also a doctor. And she's also got, (laughs) she's she's brimming with empathy. She's a doctor who has so much empathy. So Frida is is the hectic one of my children. So she's just going to sit and be on the podcast with us. That is cute, cute, cute. Okay, so Andrew Lerming reckons he went to empathy training and then he realised that he feels too much. Yes, which is a really, really cute, um, uh, really, really cute thing to realise um, as a human being, right? And so he he then he, he can't play a song. We're recording the podcast. Oh <laughs> is an idiot. <laughs> so he has come out and he said, "I am, I am." You are butterflies. Does anybody have butterflies for Frida and money for Bron? We just a simple request on this podcast. And um, he says he has ADHD and that the diagnosis has changed his life and he has realised that all of his shitty behaviours are because of ADHD. And I feel really, really angry about this, Bron. Yeah. I feel really angry about totally. this. Totally. For a bunch of Everyone's reasons. Like, so... you saw, I saw too late, my soul is sore because of Andrew Lemming. Yeah. Mm, me too. Yeah, I know. So Frida also has to, she's made sore by this. I'm sore too, babe. And um, so Andrew, I'm so I, I'm reading your sore. Isn't this a great episode, babe? This is a whole. It's, been, it's, it's going it's, very well, it's, especially it's the going, political bit. You need a doctor. <laughs> Andrew Lemming is a doctor, babe. We'll just get him. We'll so it is it is like super offensive for him to blame this because all of these people who do have ADHD are like, oh, oh what? Is are we also incapable of you're making sense? You're welcome. Um making sensible decisions or being like functioning people in the world. Yeah. Because my behaviour I feel like my behaviour's been okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's really fucking hard to be to understand your brain. 
it, you know, the, for the in, at the best of times, it's even harder when you're like, oh, everything hectic and manic and extreme about me is because of this difference in my brain, and try to, you know, we're all trying to be better people, trying to become a better person with this kind of parameter around you of your brain works differently to everybody else. The, the best the best way I've seen, I've seen it described is having, so if you think about ADHD as your brain constantly being filled, like like think about every thought as a bee, and apparently most people, and this is very new learning for me, apparently most people just have one bee at a time. It's like, this is the bee that I'm doing right now. And the bee's like, hey, we'll finish with this thought. Here's the next bee. This is, this is, this, actually, this metaphor is second this to is none. fact. <laughs> is it a bee? I'm an <laughs> Shut up. And then, I love how you, you preface this with, this is the best one I have heard. <laughs> Meaning and then I got distracted have, by this different one. It's a different bee. Meaning there have been many, many ones that you've heard and you're like, no, 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 the bee one will always prevail. And it's just 100% so bad. But please continue. I want to see if it gets any better. So there's, so you've I got a bee. That, no, no, most people just have... Most people have one, one bee at a time. Okay. Got, are, no, are they thoughts? Are they right? supposed to be thoughts? You, okay, great. It would make sense that you just said thought but that's cool let's go with bees no, bees. <laughs> bees. so there's one bee at a time yeah. all right but my brain is like <laughs> stop we'll get distracted my brain is like a swarm of bees all the time and oh, they're the bees all nest? very very loud beehive a beehive no, okay no, sorry hive. i don't like that <laughs> okay, sorry, a, hive, a hive would be like containment but no this is warm they're just everywhere the okay. bees are everywhere and it's all these kind of thoughts at once right there's mm-hmm. just there's always constant constant just bombardment of bees and the bees can That's be quite scary. emotional <laughs> yeah and they sting right yeah perfect metaphor and i'll hear nothing more about it oh well, that's but sad because really... it makes you think of my girl and macaulay culkin dying and that's, a, exactly. that's an absolute that's exactly tragedy exactly why i went there but also um the wicker man when nicholas cage is in the movie and he they put a contraption on his head and they pour bees into it and the bees pour out like water he goes not the bees that's my life Ron. <laughs> You're that right. That, me- that that metaphor is is incredible. It's perfect, and I'll hear nothing more of the sort. Um, but it's it's really I don't know the whole the whole experience of knowing and understanding that your brain is different and that your brain doesn't work properly and that it's it, it's fucking it's fucking hard. And for somebody to say, oh, all this difference actually makes me do really really bad things, and and use that as an excuse for just horrendous behaviour. It's awful. Yeah. It, it just it really got me in the guts because now this narrative is out there that people with this particular neurodiversity can't, you know, can't moderate their behaviours in a mm. way which is dangerous and harmful. And that that is just a really awful, awful thing to experience as somebody who's recently diagnosed and like, again I can only speak from my own experiences. But yeah, Andrew Lemming is a shit dick. Yeah, he is. And do you know what else is, is garbage about it is the people who have come out and have said – so um, Fiona Lachlan, she's a, a uh, Australian female comedian who has been around forever and she's mm. had an enormous uh, problem with addiction and uh, mm. public humiliation because of her Ooh. addiction and uh, she's embarrassed her children at countless times. She's, bu- she's burnt so many bridges because she's turned up to gigs completely off her face. Mm. Um 
And she had a gig uh, a few months ago and it obviously was a bit skew-whiff because she made a post online the next day saying, I'm really, 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 really sorry about last night. I was not drunk. I know I went on a rant and nothing that I said made sense, but I have just been diagnosed with adult ADHD um, and I have finally, my brain is starting to make sense um, Mm. and it could be the reason why, you know, I was attracted to alcohol because it slowed things down and I oh my know, god it's a huge addiction and ADHD yeah. in turn because you're just looking for ways to start with your brain again not mm. knowing that this is different but you're just like of course I'm going to take the thing that makes it a bit quieter yeah oh yeah so for some for, when Fiona made that statement I was like oh my god that makes sense and oh, what a poor thing and wow that's really strong and then for Andrew Lamming to be like hey the reason why I, I um, sexually harass women is because I've got ADHD I'm the same yeah. as Fiona Show me the exactly just, same amount of sympathy. It's it just, it's really, like, she didn't use it to excuse her behaviour, right? She was like, so, like, I've done some shitty, shitty things. Yeah. And maybe this gives me a lens to understand how how I've kind of gotten there and how I might mitigate those those behaviours in the future. Mm. But I'm not going to use it as an excuse. But he yeah. is. He's like, I did this because of you. And it's yeah. like, because I'm a doctor. Exactly. Because exactly. I'm a doctor. And a bee. I'm a bee doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. Very good. Well done, Andrew. So we, um, what this one is about, I guess like the, like the big bit of this one was me talking about how um, having a third baby, um, having little Ari was quite actually quite tricky. So like we mentioned earlier, my, the last episode, if you missed it was about how, I uh, at my twenty week scan with Ari, the um, sonographer said, "Oh, okay, he he's a bit bigger." And mm. then as the scans progressed, because um, they just kept making me do scans, which never happened with the girls, uh, especially in the public system, which I yeah. was in all three times. You had like, like textbook pregnancies, but like, yeah. maybe they were just really, yeah. and you felt like shit, but like there were no issues whatsoever. Exactly. So like you go into this thinking it's going to be fine, it's chill, yeah. I can do this. Yeah, and they, so, and it, like they never seem to worry about anything. But this time yeah. they're like, well, let's just do another scan. Let's do another scan. And because the <laughs> public systems, you know, it's wonderful, but they don't like just hand out scans willy nilly. No, like, he, you have to um, plead for them. Like, please, yeah. just care for me. And they're like, no, no, please, <laughs> We got no money. Bron took it all. Uh, so I have to like. Um, so they just kept making me do scans and. Um, again, for those who have already heard this, apologies. But for those who haven't, the reason why they ha- I kept having to do scans was because his head was a bit bigger than it needed to be. Cheeky um, boy. Yeah, and I made heaps of jokes to all the sonographers about it, and some of them were, um, well, only one was like picked up my sense of humour mm. and could see that I was trying to like make light of a weird it situation. It is your coping mechanism. Yeah. Whenever things go bad, you make jokes and like use the yeah. way for you to shield what you're feeling yeah just come on and let's have a little joke because this is a weird thing and uh but a a lot of them were like uh no no i'm not gonna laugh right now because this is weird and so i just had to go through 20 oh sorry 18 weeks of pregnancy with weird scans and weird feedback and weird grimaces and strange moments with medical people um 
and you know like they would be like this is concerning but it could be fine it could be Mm. fine and I had to have an MRI and I had to have all of these things where they're like we just don't know not on me on his head so it was a weird thing they had to do an MRI on his head through my pregnant belly which was particularly strange Mm. Uh, and also very stressful because that is a weird space I don't know if you've had an MRI Claire but you go into that little that that roomy holy weird yeah, space like a tube and it's and so loud have, yeah and and it's so loud and I had to be in a weird angle because that's where his head was in a weird space it was like through mm. my pelvis and it was anyway anyway come to having him it was uh, the labor was like I mentioned the last one it was very painful but it was Brutal. fine it was, it, he came out and they were I'm like, just Great. checking in, like, how did you feel going in? Like, you know, they, they pretty much assured you that he was fine, mm-hmm. like, at that point. But, like, yeah. did you feel, were you feeling anxious or worried No, I was him? a bit nervous about how, like, because they kept talking about how big his head was. Like, I had three mm. midwives in the room for the point where he was actually born. I had, like, a regular midwife, a student midwife, and a the head midwife. Uh, and so the I had head midwife because she he had such a big head. Big head. She had an enormous head <laughs> she's too. She's the midwife like, responsible for. She's like, I got a big, big head. He got a big head. I got to be there. <laughs> she's weird. Well, she was trying to find someone that had something in common she with her. She just needed to find it. Was like you know in Twilight with the werewolf imprints on the baby. She's like, maybe this is it to me. <laughs> I know it was a strange thing for her to do in such a sensitive time in my life, but that's okay. I understand. It was a rare moment. She needed You're a beautiful it. woman. So caring, so kind. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, and so I had all of these people there and I had like the, like an, uh, an obstetrician who came and checked me afterwards and she checked him and she seemed quite relieved when she saw him. She was like, okay, he's fine. I'm pleased to see you. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. And again, for those who haven't been in the public system before, it is rare for a doctor to follow up. Yeah, you no one does. It's like you're fine. Again. You can birth with wolves. You're chill. Exactly. You just never talk to me yeah. in the face. The midwife with the huge head, and then we was in her wedding dress. At this point. <laughs> yeah, it was really strange. She was very and intense. we, but the, so everything seemed fine. We went home that afternoon because I don't like being in the hospital that much. And I wanted to touch on this. They don't keep you in. They six six hours after. Yeah, birth. in Brizzy up. Uh, yeah, in Queensland, they were like, "Hey, okay, we in and out," but because I had that in my head, I was like, six hours, I could leave after six hours. And I said to the midwives, I'm ready to go after six hours. And they were like, oh, really? Oh, wow, you can stay a night. So that wasn't as strict as everyone said it was. Mm. But um, I did want to go home because Brisbane at that stage was in this like really tiny lockdown. And I wanted the girls to meet him. I wanted to go home. I wanted life to start. And the hospitals, aren't they awesome? Uh, And, I went home on a Monday afternoon and then everything was fine. Uh, and then on the Thursday morning, I woke up and I'd realized that over the night, every single, like I was waking to feed him. He wasn't oh, So he waking. was three days old at this point. Three yeah, three days, days old. old and he wasn't waking. And had waking. your milk come in? Like, were you like... Uh, yes, it had that night. So mm. he, I remember he, like, I could hear the gulping that night, like, you know, the at like eight o'clock at night gulping I was like yeah it's in fantastic I've succeeded I'm a real I'm a real human and he um and then in the morning I'd realized I was like oh my gosh all night I was waking to feed him and he wasn't waking for me to feed him and I was like oh that's strange he's the perfect baby (laughs) yeah and I said to him because he didn't really wake much last night 
And he was like, Lucas is like, fantastic, this is great. And I was like, no, I don't feel like that's what he needs to be doing. Anyway, we had an appointment with the lactation consultant so that morning at 8 o'clock. So we went there and we walked there and I remember saying to Lucas, don't put him in the pram because I don't want him to cry because if he cries, I'm going to have to pick him up and I'm going to feed him and the lactation consultant will want to see me feed him. So let's, yeah. just, let's just make sure he doesn't cry the whole way. And Lucas was like, Bron, babies cry. And I was like, Lucas, just hold him. And then he slept the whole way in Lucas's arms. And I was like, he's sleeping. I feel like he's sleeping too much. And Lucas was like, oh, my God, Bron, you're impossible to please. Do you want him to sleep or do you want him to be awake and crying? And I was like, oh, okay, fine. Okay, I realise and sound a bit crazy. But I got there and the, the nurse lactation consultant wanted to see me feed him. And he was just quite, like, limp and... He had his eyes open, but he wasn't really doing anything. Mm. It's like he wasn't feeding. You know how newborns are like really grunty and they're really like fidgety and they're really yeah, and they're just like like yeah, they do that like weird kind of blobby interacting that they do. Like it's yeah. just very inexplicable. <laughs> yeah, and they quite like hungrily feed when yes. it becomes available to them. They do that manic shaking their head thing, like just n- want it so badly. Yeah, yeah, which is adorable. And he wasn't doing any. It's so cute. Yeah, but he wasn't, but he wasn't doing, doing any that. of that. He was just kind of staring. And the nurse was like, this is a bit strange. Like, did he feed heaps overnight? I was like, actually, no, you fed hardly at all. Huh. And she was like, okay. And I can remember how calm she was. But mm. she said, I think that you, if you want, you should, you could probably go get him checked out at the children's. Mm. And I was like, I fucking knew it. I knew there was something wrong. And you oh, know when God you like... No. You know, so last episode I talk about how people, these women are like, a lot of women, there's this narrative of like, trust your body because it knows. Yeah, yeah, you know, Uh, like you know better than everyone else. Yeah, Yeah. you know better than every medical professional, you know better than... Ever. Yeah, you know your body. And so that dumb voice was in my head. but She wasn't panicking and I was like, I hate this voice. I hate that it's this you know thing because I was like full of hormones yeah, and I was like, oh maybe. Yeah, so I was like, oh okay. Well, I don't. But I, when she said you should maybe go, I was like, I knew it. Anyway, we go to the hospital. I sit in the back with him in the car, and he's mm. just getting like less and less, um, I guess, present. Like he's becoming like a little bit more floppy, and a little bit oh, more nice. uh, like it's a really sleepy, like a, harder to wake up. And I was like, something is super wrong, but mm. and I, but I don't know what it is. And then I got, we got to the hospital and I walk in and the triage nurse is like making it so impossible for me to get through to a, I just need to see a doctor. And I just need a doctor to be like, oh yeah, he's fine. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. But, and they're like, aha, my anxiety, it's just my anxiety. Yeah. I'm just worrying about nothing. Exactly. And everything's and fine and we're going to go home now. Yeah. But I get there and the triage nurse is like, what's his name i'm like ari and she's like putting his stuff in into the system i'm like he doesn't he won't be in the system and she's like well can i see his medicare card i'm like he doesn't have a medicare card yet Uh, look at him he's three days old old. yeah i'm starting to get like less and less patient with this woman in a situation which i had no patience anyway He's like so out of it by then, like floppy arms yeah. and legs, and um, and you're like, she's like, sake, have a look at my baby, yeah, for fuck's sake. And there's people, all of the people in the emergency are looking at me, and I'm saying to the lady, I just need to see a doctor, 
And she goes, okay, I need to fill in a few things. What religion is he? Oh, my I'm God. Like, oh, He's the my Pope. fucking God. <laughs> I will scream. And I was like, I need to see a doctor right now. And she was like, all right. I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And I realised in that moment with her reaction that I am now this hysterical woman oh, with this limp baby and, like, the, you know, his blanket kind of dragging <gasps> on the floor behind me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just need to. Anyway, we get in there. I just doctors. need someone to take me seriously. I yeah. need someone to listen just to me and acknowledge him. Like, Even if it's just like, okay, this woman's very escalated, let's just help and yeah. just make assure her. That, because you matter too. Yeah. And also, of course, she's escalated. She's just had a baby and she's not, she doesn't know what's going on right now. It's like, yeah. just like, just let's help read her. the room. Read the room, lady. Yeah. Read the room, back kids. Send her some money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I got in to the emergency and they, two doctors uh, came and had a look at him and they were like, look, he's okay. And they, were, and they kept asking me what's going on and I could not get like my words out because I was crying so much. Oh and every God. time, you know, when you, you know, when you are trying to talk and your chin is going, you just so cannot, you cannot, input, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just like blobs of words that will sounds that kind of are supposed to be words are like falling out of me and I'm like where I can't Lucas what they wouldn't let Lucas in because it was only allowed to be one parent because it was locked down Lucas was just standing outside um and I was like I I needed him to try and explain it to them and I was like I need that guy and they're like okay go get him so like walk past I like put my hand in the security guard's face because I was like if he talks to me right now I'm going to probably kick him in the dick. And so, yeah. he, so this guy was like, all right, she looks unhinged. I'll let this guy go past. And Lucas came in and I was saying to the, because Lucas didn't know what to say either. So I was like, he's just not moving. Like he's not, this is not what my babies have done. And they yeah. were like, okay, all right. So let's look, da, 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 it might just be blood sugar level. We'll do a blood sugar level test. And it's a prick mm. in his heel and he's probably going to get a bit upset. Anyway, he's fine. Oh, and, and you're like, good, good. Yeah, I want to like, see like, that. I want to see him be upset. I want to see his side yeah. of life. Exactly. Anything. He hasn't cried in like 10 hours. Please, can oh, you do something? Nice. So do this heel prick, the needle in his little heel, and he doesn't flinch. And oh. I was like, oh my God. And, oh, they, my and then that's when like she went and hit a button, and then like three other doctors and four other nurse, nurses. They came hit in. a button. And everyone Fuck. was in this room and they were like, uh, like moving him around. And then this one, one head doctor, she was, she came in and was like, like manhandling him a bit. I think she was trying to get him to react. So Luke oh and I were just God. sitting in, sitting at the side of the room. And then she was just spitting these questions out at us. Like, um, uh, like what happened in the labor and what was the pregnancy like and i was like oh, oh there was gosh. something like his head was too big and they were like did he get stuck and i was like no he didn't get stuck and everything was because they have to get all this information so quickly so it was so fast and i was like oh try, uh, trying to get all everything right and then at one stage she was like do you have do either of you have cold sores and I was like, oh, no. And Lucas was like, <laughs> and I, like, my brain just went straight to like, I remember in the news years and years ago, there was a baby that was born and the dad had a cold sore and the dad kissed the baby and the baby died. And oh I was like, oh, I, and I was like, oh, no, none of us, neither of us have cold sores. And Lucas was like, you get them, though. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I get them. 
And she was like, right. And then she went back to Ari and then I stopped breathing because I was like, oh, oh my God, God, I've killed him. I've killed him. Like, this is, this is like my fault. So uh, trying to put this cannula in his hand um, and Lucas and I were trying to process all of the things that we had done wrong. And that's exactly, neither of us said it at the time because we were both completely silent. Uh, and I was holding my breath, like I said, and thinking, what have I? What did we do wrong? And I was no. like, I, you know, every now and then during the pregnancy, I would have a glass of wine, and I was like, that's it. Or like Lucas was, Lucas thought that we didn't clean the baby bath out well enough. Like we bought this brand new baby bath, and we just kind of cleaned it out. But he was like, we should have used Dettol on that. Oh my um, gosh. And. Uh, uh, what else was like we were too we were too loud or anything that could have possibly been a bit different or mm. anything that they had recommended not doing like Lucas had um, a few drinks the night before and slept in the same room as Ari and I and mm. he was like I drank and then I breathe like I breathed in the room obviously and I was like none of this stuff logically we know these things didn't do it anything yeah. but when you're in that and moment our brains are so cruel they're like you yeah. did this because and because the doctors were like we have no idea what this is i was like yeah. well we will find it out because we've met we've known him longer than you guys and so we were like what have we done wrong oh, and then they just like scooped him up and took him to a room they're like we've got to do a um a lumbar puncture on him so in case he's got like meningitis so this is where they take these tiny little body his tiny body and they uh, put him on his side and then they wrap him around so his head basically touches his thighs like one of those little what did you say what they were called those um bugs that oh yeah the slater bugs slater bugs so wrapped him up into a circle and uh they stick these needles into his spine uh to get out his spinal fluid and they said to us um you do not want to be do you can be in the room if you want but we don't recommend it i was like i don't want to be in the room for this at all uh and they were like it's not nice so just go uh and come back it only takes like 10 minutes though and that was like the saving grace. I was like, okay, well, if it only takes 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes and then it's over and that's okay. So we went to the cafeteria and we were just like (sighs) staring into space. And at that point I broke down even further. And I was saying to Lucas, like, there's something really wrong with him. Um, I just just can feel it. Like I know that something – He's not okay, and Lucas. Like, yeah. And Lucas was like, "It's, it's all right. Um, we're gonna, like, we're just gonna deal with it, Bron. We just are gonna deal with it." And he was like, strangely mm-hmm. calm, like he'd done it before. And I was like, "Okay," and I needed him to be like that. I didn't want yeah. him because if he was panicking and I was panicking, God knows what the fuck would have happened to us. But I was mm-hmm. like, "I don't know. I don't know if I want." A disabled baby and he was like oh, no. I mean, that was really hard because he was like um he was like, what are you talking about from? we'll be fine and then he, he was like whatever you don't want to do I'll do and I was like oh shit and so I had all of these horrible feelings like 
we shouldn't have had a third baby. Like this, we pushed mm. our luck. We shouldn't have done this. We had two healthy babies and now we've got a third and there's something really wrong with him. It's, this is what you do. It's what happens when you are greedy. <laughs> and so mm. I was in a... And then after about 20 minutes, I was like, we'd have to go back. Anyway, we got back there and he, we could hear Ari crying, which was good, <gasps> oh, but also horrible yeah. because it was not nice crying because they no, had him as a slater bug on the table. And I was like, why are they not finished? And then finally a doctor came out and was like, we've got the third doctor trying because we, he's too little. We just can't get <gasps> it. Oh, they've just been stabbing at him in his little oh, spine. Little baby. <laughs> you know, for um, yeah, so for over twenty minutes, and I was like, oh "My God, he knows no one in there. He doesn't no. know anything." And with I three days old, who does he know? Like yeah, Adele? Well, <laughs> well, thank God Adele was there. <laughs> I know. Oh God! And then we oh. went to, and then finally we were allowed to go back in. And but when we went back, when we got back in there he was completely asleep again oh i was like gosh. oh did you have to give him like pain relief and they're like no i was like oh cool he's just like unconscious that's so cool jesus christ and then we just sat there and i just like cried oh i had to express milk as well because i was had so much milk at that stage that i just had to sit there attached to this horrible expressing machine Oh, no. And, like, and you could take a medication, right? Yeah, to get closer. more milk. So I had heaps. Yeah. And so it was like, I was like, great. So I just sat there. And I was like, I, what is this milk going towards? Because at that point, my brain had made up its mind that I'd, that Ari was probably not going to be okay at all. Like he was um, going to die. Yeah. Because yeah. they were like, yeah, this cold sore thing. And then, like, you know, that even though uh they i they will eventually one of the ladies said oh you know uh we're treating him for if it is a cold sore thing but if you don't have an active cold sore then it's fine i was like oh i don't Mm. and i was always like oh god but they were treating him for that anyway and then they said to us look you're probably going to be here for at least 48 hours and i was like okay that's fine and then one doctor was like you know he might just he might just be quite sleepy from uh, waiting for your milk to come in, so he didn't have enough energy. And I was mm. like, okay, cool, all right. But the milk came in just before he went flat, mm. hoping that that would she'd be like, oh, okay, no, that's normal, that happens. But she was like, oh, that's mm. strange. And I was like, fuck. And then a different doctor would come and talk to me, or a different nurse would come and talk to me, and they all had this different approach. And some of them were trying to make me laugh. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, well, that's not exactly funny, but it's interesting. Like, when during the whole of the pregnancy, I was trying to to make them laugh. Make them laugh. I came I was like, out. Yeah, I was like, please, can we? Can someone laugh? Because this is t- it's all getting a bit too serious. But when I was in this, when we were in the hospital with Ari, if someone tried to make me laugh, I was so fucking angry. I was like, don't trivialize this because this yeah, is exactly. too real now. Like, he's there. This he's is hideous. Lying right don't. There. This is not funny. This is not Yeah. That so he had tubes coming out everywhere out of his nose, his oh. arms. He had like all of these like things, like these heart stickers on his chest. And then we were like watching his heart, and his heart kept going so so low. And they <sighs> like so, and every time it would go under a like a level, like a heart rate, whatever. Uh, these alarms would go off. So the alarms were going off like every three minutes 
And then the nurse would just walk in and just kind of be like, sorry, that keeps going off and turning it off. And I was like, is that a normal heart rate? And they were like, oh, no. My fuck, and then I watched all of these like little kids walk into the like emergency. Some of them with like horrific burns, or some of them with like you know like violent vomiting or whatever. And every kid that walked in or like pushed in, I was like, I wish that's what was wrong with Ari, like you know, because it's just you can see what it is. It's like oh, he's just got horrific gastro she's just got yeah. like third degree it's like you can identify the problem because yeah. yeah. then it's like okay we can fix it we can fix that like yeah. we know what it is but it's exactly. just this horrific mystery and then we went and then i ended up being at the hospital for at that hospital for four nights and i think through four nights and the i and all of the nurses were so giddy to see Ari because he was so teeny they were just like yeah. oh I love this baby oh look at him he's so nice and I just felt annoyed that they yeah. were treating him like he was lovely because I was like yeah. he's broken <laughs> he's really he's really unwell um and so oh, <laughs> oh no it's just the worst the worst and so like you were you were spending all this time and it was like days and days and days just not knowing if your baby was going to be okay. Yeah, like I think how... that was the thing. I think that was because he didn't wake up. Like he wasn't yeah. waking up at all. It didn't matter how many times they'd prick his heel and they had to prick his heel every three hours for his blood sugar level. Oh, and that's the other thing. And so his blood sugar level was unreadable when they got in. Yeah. It was undetectable. That's how low it was. Mm. So they were like, we'll... we'll um, we don't know why that's happening, but that's really dangerous. Anyway, anyway, yeah. after about four days, and I was such a mess. Like, um, so they the could I just stare at the silent baby and Lucas was yeah. home with the girls. Yeah. He couldn't really hang out with me, so I was just in this room. I was in the hospital bed. He was in this little bassinet, little crib thing. So I was like the patient and the nurses kept trying to see how I was, which also really made me crazy. So I was like, I'm fine. I'm not well, unwell. Can you please just give me an answer? And yeah. I'd just stare at either Ari or I would stare at the door waiting for a doctor to come in and to say, oh, we've worked it out. Oh, this test, yeah. da, da, da. And it was at the start of Christmas, uh, Easter long weekend. So we went in mm. there on the Thursday and then it was um, – so all the tests were, like, they were doing all these tests and they were like, oh, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get any of the answers for ages because Pathology Labs runs on skeleton staff or something. I was like, well, that's not okay. That's not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to get more stuff on because he's three days old. Yeah. And one nurse even joked to me, he was like, oh, my God, worst time to get sick to need test results. I was like, Gosh. is it? Because I'll fucking kill you, mate. <laughs> like, can someone go in there? Like, I'll pay for their wages. Can someone go in there and get this? T-? And they're like, and they like, were just they were testing and testing and testing, and like every nothing. like every day you were texting and saying like it's. They think it might be this, and then yeah. it's like it's not this, and, and they think it might be this, and it's not this. For it to be something like I remember her coming back, one of the doctor coming back and talking to Luke and I, and her saying. Look, we've tested for all these viruses and all mm. these infections, and it's none of these infections. And Lucas was like, "Amazing! That's so good, Sebron." 
And I was like, that's not good. Like, if it was an that's infection. An that's, yeah, and there's antibiotics and it's done and we can go home. And and he was on a bazillion different antibiotics as well because they were, tr- they were like, in case it's meningitis, in case it's this, in case it's that, in case it's da-da-da. We would just tra- treat him for all these things. And then one day I went, so on, like, the fourth day, I think, I went home to see the girls. I was so trying so hard for it to be normal and I took the girls to the netball courts where they rode on their bikes and they seemed to, they weren't worried at all yeah. and Lucas stayed with Ari my mum was in town so she she was kind of helping us with the girls I was watching the girls on their bikes and I just couldn't stop crying like I had my sonny's oh on God. and I just I couldn't I was like how do I how do I tell the girls that there's some, that this that the brother that they were waiting for is not going to be the brother that they expected and so I was like oh no this is their life now like they've got a brother that there's who's a bit broken or something um and, and I guess like it's important to like put in here that it's not not that children with a disability are broken or like that you know that it's just yeah. that grief that, that that very big and very real grief that you have to yeah undergo when when you, well, you know I didn't when know everything what it was. is it, yeah, yeah exactly like I it's like, like you just what. didn't know what was going to happen to your baby like yeah. your tiny tiny baby and then we and then i was watching looking at other families and it just so happened that every single fucking family at the netball courts that day was a family of three and i just kept looking at their youngest and being like wow you're like you lucky motherfuckers like you got three and they're all fine i don't know yeah and your brain my my brain was obviously not in a good place it wasn't like it was processing things well and then um how could you you process anything wrong at that Mm. point like there's nothing that you can process right like and I think the girls noticed that there was something not right with me, but neither of them said anything to me. Mm. And then uh, I was like, all right, I think, you know, I'll, and I dropped the girls home to my mum and I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to the hospital and Lucas is going to say to me, look, he's just been awake for the past hour and look, he, like, mm. you know, th- this test result came back and it's this and it's we're fixing it and he's okay and blah, blah, blah or whatever. And so the whole way in the car on the way home, I went between like crying and like holding on to bits of hope that I was like conjuring up you know like scraping from the bottom of an ashtray kind of thing mm. and then I got into the hospital and I was like hey is it, like how'd you go and he kind of just looked at me and it didn't look like his face I knew that he was finding a way to say something and mm. the nurse came in and she just touched my shoulder and I was like oh my god please don't do that what well, is everything okay and Lucas is like okay so uh, we just took a video of him because um, as we were getting him changed we gave him bath as we were getting him changed he was shaking a bit and so they think it might have been a seizure Jesus and I was like oh my god <laughs> and so we've sent it off to they've sent it off to the other bigger hospital to the head neurologist and we'll see what he says and then another doctor came in and was like, right, so the, you need to be transferred and, you know, as soon as an ambulance is ready because you need to go to the bigger hospital to do MRI and EEGs and all of these things. So all these tests that they said were impossible over the Easter weekend suddenly... They're like, oh, my God, suddenly they're available. Yes, yeah, so available. You're like, fact, this isn't, the way, this isn't the way we wanted this to be available. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we just want you guys to do a good job. Yeah, 
was like, oh, my God. And God. so I waited. So he told me that at about 6.30 at night. And then mm. the ambulance came to take us to a different hospital at 6.30 in the morning. Gosh. And so I just waited for this ambulance. And they came and they took us in the ambulance, the, the paramedics in the, in the ambulance. So they were like, oh, he's so cute. Oh, look at him. Look at And he was just completely still and silent and sleeping. Jesus, and like, like, fucking hell. This yeah. Is what the moment, guys. <laughs> don't try and do this. You know, like they just wanted them to be silent and just, yeah, but they were like, just so, drive. yeah, just don't do this. And they were so excited to see this baby because I guess what they have to deal with all the time is like crackheads and violence and a job so hard and when they see this like silent lovely teeny newborn they were like oh he's adorable this we love this job I was like do you because I wish I wasn't here like I wish we were anywhere but in your fucking ambulance like Mm. I love you for your job but please don't please don't get giddy over this silent baby and then (laughs) we got to the hospital and blood sugar levels fucked up again like it was just nothing again and um so more silence and more silence and more nothing and more doctors looking very confused and then they had to do an EEG that's one when they put like a bazillion like little looks like wires all over like stickers and wires all over his head and he didn't wait for that at all so we just Lucas and I just sat there watching him and the the lady who ran the EEG, like the technician, she was like, please don't look at the screen at all. And I, oh we were like, gosh. okay. Um, and she was like, why? Okay, well, you do, one, we, did, we don't know how to read an EEG. Yeah, you don't know how to do what it is. Yeah. And two, if it's something terrifying happens on it, like there's heaps of activity and he's just lying mm. there, then that is terrifying. So we mm. like, okay, that's fine. And then every time we had to kind of like walk past this machine or this monitor, we would do this horrible thing where we would kind of glance at it. And if it did was doing something weird or we didn't understand it, you know, our stomachs would sink. And we were like, oh, my God, he's, you know, because the reason why he was doing that is they were worried he was having seizures without him showing physical symptoms. Mm. We're like, great, he's seizing right now and we don't know and blah, blah. And then they took him away to do another lumbar puncture. And we, we sat there and we were listened to this baby in the scream and scream and scream. And we were like, oh, my God, the poor little thing. He's just gone through so much. But at least he's crying. At least he's crying. God, they're taking so long to do it. And then eventually after about 15, 20 minutes, the doctors roiled him back in. We're like, oh, my God, he cried so much. And they were like, oh, no, that was a different baby. Ari didn't cry at all. We're like... Fuck, that's worse. Uh, and then uh, they took him away into MRI and then in the afternoon that's when the doctor came in and was like, great, so there's nothing actually. His EEG is normal uh, and his MRI is pretty normal. Uh, and you were just like, thank fucking yeah. fucking God. And you're like, oh, my God, this is incredible. But why is he not waking up? And they're like, we just don't know. We don't know. And so this stage, Claire, it had been five days of him sleeping and being fed through a gastric, or the nose, the nasal gastric tube or whatever. Oh, my God. Oh, and like, you were just pumping? Like, were yeah. you just pumping food? And... Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, pumping and he'd get formula and breast milk and uh, he, and yeah, he would just not wake at all for any anything, nothing. Uh, for the bath, fast asleep. Uh, 
and I don't know if anyone's bathed a newborn, but they don't love the bath straight away. No, they're like, what the fucking yeah. shit is this shit? Yeah. <laughs> My Nothing, limbs are everywhere. Like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like loud noises, needles, things on his head, things being pulled around, different noises, different like smells, nothing made him move. And I was like, okay, I don't know. And they just kept saying, like one doctor said to me just off the cuff, I think there's something wrong with his brain. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay. Like what? What? She's like, yeah, I don't what know. What is the extent of it? Like, yeah. what do you what do you mean? You can't just say a blanket yeah. thing like that. And she said, I don't know. And then she, vlo- like, clocked off. And then I just <laughs> sat with that. We'll I just this. sat like marinating <laughs> in that sentence for the next five days. And eventually, I said to a doctor, "What's wrong with his brain?" She said, "Why do you think there's something wrong with his brain?" And I was like, "Well, one, he's not waking up, and another." Is because a doctor said this, and she was like, "She should never have said that to you." Yeah, and so um, shitty. I'm sorry that she did, but we don't know that. Uh, and I was like, "But could there be?" And she was like, "Yes." And I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, can you just figure it out?" And she was like, "We are trying," and they were. They were trying so hard, but nothing was. They, they, they were working. You know, they were working on a mystery that was seemed unsolvable. And I just remember sitting, like the the silence, Claire. Oh my God, the the hours and hours, and every hour went forever. Yeah, you'd be watching the clock, you'd be watching him, and you just and, yeah. and it's not like you can do what you normally do to pass the time. Like, it's like oh, just go on Instagram. Exactly. Like, the last fucking thing I need is to see healthy babies. Like, yeah, totally. I can't do that right oh, now. Yeah. I only need people who are in the space with me. So yeah. I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna in oblivion of time yeah i didn't want to watch nothing. shows i didn't want to watch a show in case because i felt bad i was like if i watch a show like why he can't watch a show he's just sitting there so i just i literally just sat on this bed and just yeah. waited for a like, doctor how on earth could you watch a show yeah i know <laughs> I was like impossible and then the nurse would come in every now and then and be like hey so um, how are you? I'm like, I'm fine. Please stop asking me that. And then Lucas said to me one day, when I, one of the days when I went to see the girls, I came back in, he was like, hey, Bron, they really want you to see a social worker. They're really worried about you. And I was like, if mm. a social worker comes near me... I will murder them. Will, You're all yeah, dead. I'll flip the fucking bed. <laughs> like, no one is... I don't want to talk about me at all. And he's like, yeah. okay, cool. That, that's finished that conversation and like from my like 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 from the you know the outside like you're a communicator like you tend to communicate a lot but when things are really bad for you you start communicating and so like i like i knew you would have been with your phone the whole time and i was like checking in incrementally but not so that it would be overwhelming very cognizant of how it make you feel but like you just didn't want to you didn't want to interact you did just did not want anything because you just needed to be you didn't, well, you didn't know how you needed to be right, but you know what you didn't need and what you didn't need yeah. was pretty much everything and everyone. Yeah. And because it was three days old, I kept getting texts from people being like, how's Ari today? Like I got one yeah. for noon on the afternoon because we went in on Thursday morning and then the afternoon you were like, hey. Or like you'd text me at lunchtime and I didn't reply. And then you text me in the afternoon and you're like, hey, hey, like how's Ari? How are you guys doing? And I was like, fuck, I know I have to tell Claire. Like everyone I just ignored. I was like, I know I have to tell Claire um, but you but don't I need you, want... the last thing you fucking need is somebody to freak out or yeah. to be like, oh my god, because I had no god. answers like, for you. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, like, There's something's wrong to with say. you. Yeah. And you were, I just wrote, remember writing you a message saying like, 
something's wrong. We don't know what it is. Um, he's not waking up. And um, I just, but please, can you please, please, please not feel sorry for me? And you wrote mm. back saying, I I don't feel sorry for you. Um, no one feels sorry You're for you. You fat bitch. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How easy is your life? God. Everyone, people would pay good money for a sleeping baby, Bron. But I was exactly. like, I was like, please don't feel sorry for me. You said, um, I don't feel sorry for you. Just know that I, I'm here, and that's all I needed. I was like, great. And then, like every now and then, uh, I'd get a message. Um, you know, like my, I included like my brother, my older brother, my older sister, because they're both quite like level-headed. They're not, they're not super stressed, and they both understand a little bit about medicine or kids. Are, in general so it was like including every three hours I would send them his blood sugar levels and um, I was doing that a bit with you but I but I also didn't I knew that you would have a lot more feelings than I could deal with but you were so good Claire like you were just like that's great thank you you're right I did save the situation <laughs> it was absolutely the reason we're all here talking about this in the podcast is me you're totally right you're so welcome. Oh my God. And then I actually don't know when the ship turned around, but I remember it was, I think, a Tuesday. So we'd been in there for five days and then he was awake for, you know, like 20 minutes, not making a sound, not crying, not, but his eyes were kind of opening and kind of looking around and then they would go back to sleep. And oh, I was like, shit. okay, well, but I was like, that's great. He's opening his eyes. And yeah, it's something. Uh, it is something. Yeah. I was telling like every single nurse that would like even like kind of look in my direction. I was like, he opened his eyes. And they were like, that's And the nurse is like, great. excuse me, miss, this is a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but can I have some money? And they said, no, Bron, stop asking us that. And then. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Get a job. God. <laughs> And then eventually, like, they, like, they kept coming back in and just, like, drip-feeding all of this, like, well, there's nothing wrong here, and look, these people don't see anything wrong here, and I had to do this fasting test where we couldn't give him any, we couldn't feed him uh, for six whole hours, and in those six hours, he um, cried heaps, so which was such a great thing. It was torture, but also good, because he cared about being hungry, which was amazing. And then I think it was the next day he, they, I, they stopped forgiving him uh, food through his nose and it was just all like me feeding him and giving him bottles and things like that and everything was good. And then they eventually, in the afternoon, I was going to go home to see, I think it's on the Wednesday afternoon, I was going to go home to see the girls. So by that stage, it would be the Thursday through Wednesday. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to duck out to see the girls real quick and I'll be right back. And then a nurse walked in and was like, hey, um, you guys are being discharged. I was like, pardon? What the fucking shit? What? Yeah. Excuse me? What the diggity? And she was like, yeah. Where's they can't find anything Where's wrong with my him. money? <laughs> <laughs> they can't find anything wrong with him and he's kind of awake now. And I was like, oh, I guess he is awake now. And then he was, he wasn't really like super energetic, but he wasn't, he was awake. And they, I was like, well, what's wrong with him? They were like, we have no idea. I was like, okay. Bye. <laughs> so we just went home. And then it's just been absolutely normal from here on out. Like from then on out, rather. We were just like, 
Okay, and, back to Newport. Yeah, and then we went home and we're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, well, that's that's done. But in that time, we had made – I had made deals with the devil. I had yeah. made deals with any – Like, who was your least favourite other child? Like, just <laughs> yeah. swap it. Just swap it. Edie, Olive, pick it's it, we we'll swap it. Let's do this Frida. Frida, I would sell my soul. Like, Frida, sorry, Ari is really not okay, so you're going to have to fuck off now. <laughs> And everyone's like, that is fair enough, she's the worst. <laughs> and Freed would be like, bye, I didn't want to be here anyway. But yeah. we, um, you know, we had, we made, Lucas, as I made heaps of deals, with like, oh, ne-, you know, with kids, because he's believes in God, so he was, he was like, he went to church on uh, Easter Sunday and prayed the shit out of that church and oh, all of these, lovely. you know, like you, I think it's when you're in the, in the midst of a hell, like an absolute horrific storm is where you're, you, you're like, you know, you think about all the things that you've done wrong and then you think about, like, fuck, if this went away, how grateful will I be? And I will never take things like this for granted. And we were, like, you know, we, like, stared the devil in the eye for a week and in the end we got to go home with a baby who is absolutely fine, uh, amazingly, Um nothing wrong with him as far as we know and they like i i don't know i can't even remember any of the deals but they're all off now because he's fine but he um he yeah we we now are like we ne- oh, we're still in a bit of shock like it's, it was a while ago now i think it was so it was a week or something he's now five weeks old tomorrow five weeks he's five so weeks so yeah like- that's just, I, I just, I thought about the impact a lot, like, on you guys, on your relationship and, like, how, like, how, you know, how have you navigated something this deeply traumatising, like, a really, really, really traumatic experience, something that was terrifying and really, like, you know, you were worried, you thought he was going to die. Yeah. Like, like how, how are you both travelling? Uh, it, it comes out in weird ways. Like, I feel fine. I feel pretty good. Like, I feel like I was processing it at the time. Like, I was a hot mm. mess at the time when Lucas was very uh, – quite. he was really strong throughout it. And it wasn't until – we almost, it's almost like we switched positions. When, I, when we got the results back from the MRI mm. and things like that, I was like, oh, my God. I feel fine. I'm going to eat something now. Like, I couldn't eat. Yeah. I couldn't drink. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything. I was like, all right, okay, all right, there's things are happening, we're getting results, it's going to be okay. And that's when Lucas started to fall apart and that's when Lucas was, uh, yeah, just uh, – he, he was less of a mess than me but I think he's, mm. he's just processing it now in different ways and, mm. he's, you know, I think um, – I think he's probably going to go speak to someone about it. This is what I've uh, told him to do because it's he he had to carry me through that too. Like he was like, "Fuck, there's something wrong with baby," and oh my god, look at my partner, she can't walk. Okay, she's just like yelling at the doctors now, Uh, (laughs) and that would have been terrifying for him because. I'm never. I never seen. I don't worry about things like you know when something's wrong. I'm like it's fine. It'll be good. It's fine um, because I'm kind of always counteracting. Like he's like uh, he's Polish stress. Uh, yeah, like that, that in strange way. Yeah. So when he looked at me and I was not okay, I think that would have been yeah. quite scary. 
So I yeah, think, I don't know. you always carry this. I mean, you carry your family kind of the burden of a lot of stress and like you, you've always been the rock solid one. So to see you not being okay would have freaked the fuck him out. Yeah. Of, that and was I, a sentence. He, the it was. Him out. <laughs> I'm going to fuck him out. And that, Fucking yeah, shit. And so I don't know how, like, to answer your question in a very vague way, I don't know how this is going to play out, but I know that yeah. it's not the end of it. I know that that's not... Okay, good. We survived that, and everyone, no. everyone's fine. It is people don't work like that. No, it's going to come out no. in weird and wonderful ways where we, yeah. like I, like I still don't. I never put Ari down. Like Luke, like Lucas has got him now, but I never put. I never. How could you? Put him down. What you've been through, like how could yeah. you put him down? It's like. Great, we're going to carry you since you're 18, mate. He's like, I want to get my driver's license. You're like, shut up. You're very sick. We've got to go get an EEG now. But they had, yeah, I reckon he'll, it'll be, it it, like it, like it feels different. And I think that we, you know, like I was like, oh my God, I'm going to, you know, if he's fine, I'm going to enjoy this newborn stage so much. I'm going to love him every single thing i'm gonna never freak out when he cries because how mm. how nice is a crying baby compared to a silent one and i still think that but i also hate the crying so i'm at this really strange i'm very tired but i'm also at this really strange yeah. part bit where i'm like you know when ari cries and i'm like trying desperately to fix it like i can't handle the crying so i'm always like oh my god he's crying and then i will like you know, like shove a tit in his mouth or like rock it, rock him like crazy or like, you know, like try anything or like jangle a toy in his face even though I don't even think you can see. I'm, I hate the sound of him crying. But at the yeah. same time, I remember how terrified I was when he was silent. When he wasn't, exactly. Yeah. And so, and I remember being in the emergency and him lying there completely silent and nothing. Oh, and yeah. this baby who was also in there for God knows what, but he was screaming like that blood-curdling scream for ages. I'm not sure what was wrong with the little thing. But I remember yeah. saying to the nurse who was like like checking Ari, I said, um, that is a really full-on cry. And she was like, yeah, that's a very sick baby. And I said, I wish my baby was making that sound. Oh, and she no. was like, me too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, cool. That's cool. Let's bond That's over. That's great. That. That's great feedback. Thank you so much. Like, great. Thank you for that. Yeah. And it was, but the one good thing that, like, there were heaps of, you know, it was a shit sandwich. Oh, the whole thing was just shit. But I, you know, when I was in this, I was in the very sick, like, when we went transferred to the new hospital, we were in this ward for really sick babies and I didn't know that, that I just thought I was in a, just a normal ward in the children's hospital but I didn't realize we were like in it wasn't necessarily intensive care but it was yeah. the some babies were dying some babies were really like so so unwell a lot of them were waiting on like surgery that was either going to save their lives or finish their lives and oh I God. was in that ward and I just yeah. did it took me ages to realize the category that I was in that we were in yeah yeah so I was sitting with Ari you didn't know you I didn't, didn't know. know no you didn't have been any in any of those journeys no. right it could have been you yeah it could have been like it and I just this, don't know in in the room that I was in there was I remember 
speaking like the people the two other babies that were in because there was three cots in there so the two other babies that were there were so 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 sick but they were crying and they um they were eating and they uh, they were a bit, they were bigger like they were three months and four months nari was four days or something like that and i just remember being so jealous of these two families so i was like you guys had time with your baby and yeah. you guys can hear them and they got to know yeah them and understand who they were and, and you, you know what's wrong with your baby like they yeah like, you, know you know what's normal you know what's yeah, not normal they both had answers and and even though their journey was huge they could be like all right so we've got a plan and i was just this like this hot mess sitting there next to this little a lifeless teeny tiny fresh baby with zero answers and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so jealous. And then, But as the, my time there and I learned more about what was wrong with these, ba- these babies and when they told me the stories of when they realised that something was wrong with their babies, it was the exact same. They went through what I had gone through, but they were in the midst of fixing it, you know. They yeah. still had the Whereas exact same. Whereas you weren't there. You were yeah. not there. No, I was still in the start. And one of the ladies had said to me, she said, or oh, when we found out what was wrong mm. with my baby, she said, when they told me and I was in this ward, I, if I found, if I could find an, uh, a window that would open, I would have jumped out. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. Oh. And I do, I do remember that like, cause you just, you think when there's, when there's something so wrong with your baby, you're like, okay, great. Well, life is not worth it right now like yeah. I don't know yeah. the difference that I would have with her like it was that I had Oliver and Edie at home but yeah, that was never yeah, a thing but I can yeah. imagine like if you just had one and they said oh look they're dying you'd be like well I don't need to be here mm. see is so it was and so I I, I learnt heaps in that time and mm. part of it is just like whilst you could get the worst news of your entire life and at that and, and whilst it turned out fine for us um it didn't feel fine at the start and i was waiting no. for the worst news ever what i learned from the people in this ward in this children's ward the very sick baby ward um they were still managing to laugh every day and they had oh made relationships gosh. with other families of very sick babies and they would I knew other babies and they would, you know, um, tickle these little babies and, you know, bring each other fruit. And they had just managed, they just accepted their lot and been like, yeah. well, I can cry all day. This is just how it is. I yeah, could search yeah. for an open window or I could get the fuck on with it and just yeah. be the best that I can be right now. And I'm so lucky that I didn't have to get to that but it was this yeah. moment this ward was just this like this expose of the strength of humankind I was like yeah. these people I would never I would never wish uh, their situation on anyone anybody and they yeah. wouldn't either but they're still laughing like they're still laughing and showing kindness to people and yeah. just being kind to the nurses and like laughing with the doctors and 
rocking their baby even though there's tubes coming out of every single bit of them and laughing with their babies and tickling them they're still being they're still being beautiful people yeah and they're still being parents like they're not like weeping over their child like they're still like like, you know trying to laugh with their baby yeah show them toy like rattling toys in their face and it's like oh my god this is incredible i would never have seen this side of humanity if i hadn't if you hadn't gone through yeah, this, this experience, yeah, hell. and this this strength and just so much strength and so much kindness and like humility yeah. and you know, gratitude and just yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, because sick babies don't happen to just strong people; they happen no, to anyone. No, they happen to people have to choose to just choose choose to like make it through. And this is what yeah. every single person in this ward was doing. And yeah, I just was making amazed. it through. Yeah, I was amazed. So. That was the start of Ari's life. <laughs> and that was um, where I aged 200 years. So I'm 234 oh, so, now. So, so much. Well, I know that I'm not allowed to say anything about you being strong or a warrior. Don't so you're just, you're done, you're done, done, done it. That's so, that's yeah. it. I'll just send, I'll send you some, um, send you some money. <laughs> yeah, it would be really good. <laughs> I would like you to call me a dumb bitch and to send me money. I really feel like what I need out of friendships is so simple. So you're very, at least you're very clear about your needs. It's really good boundaries, babe. So if you if you listen to this and you felt anything, just send money. It's just very straightforward. (laughs) Clear as as the whistle. (laughs) Clear as a whistle. Yes. The cliches are very understandable. So um, this has been a, an absolute mishmash of an episode oh, it and has, it has ended gorgeous. heavily, um, but we told you that it was going to be heavy. We warned you, can't we it was going to be We did. We told heavy. you, and if you're still here, well, that's your problem. Exactly. <laughs> Why are we still here? Why are we? We've got to go to bed. It's midnight. It's late. <laughs> No, I'm planning on being up all night because it's fun. Oh my god, you poor! I'm gonna sleep and sleep and sleep unless my fuckwit two-year-old wakes up. Yeah, she which will. I'm gonna put in in the bin, straight <laughs> in the bin, because I can because she's a hundred. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. She'll survive in the bin. <laughs> She'll survive there. Um, She'll be fine. And we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank to this. you. Oh yeah, for those who have. Um, for those who have gone through a, like a health scare or something with mm. your baby and maybe didn't have um, an ending like I had, yeah, a happy like, ending, yeah. um, this wasn't to rub it in your face, being like, look, I've gone through something horrible and then ta-da, at the end, because I really recognise, we both recognise that um, this is an end, like the ending is sometimes much more complicated than mine. Yeah. Um, and we uh, think that you are brilliant. Bloody amazing. Bloody amazing, amazing human beings. Amazing. Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> Especially me, who did so much in this. You're welcome, everyone. You can also send me money. I love money. <laughs> I yes. love it. All right, we've been good, Sheila's. Good night. Good night. <laughs>